Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, family, and thank you so much for tuning back into another amazing segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me is my special guest, Whitney Knight, and here is a bit about Whitney. Whitney Knight is a brand builder and a fierce advocate for female professionals. Whitney has over 10 years of experience in developing and managing both national and global brands. She is also the founder of Ask a women's networking group that seeks to transform the networking experience and create a safe space where women can articulate their ambitions and wildly celebrate their success. So without further ado, the woman behind it all, Whitney Knight. Thank you, Genesis. Oh my gosh, what an amazing introduction. If somebody could do that every time I walked into a room, my life would be made. Thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure, Whitney. And you have such an impressive background. And I definitely want to share that with the world based on your background experiences and how far you've come in your career and pivoting. But before we dive into navigating career changes, having resilience, And most importantly, the art of networking, I want to connect with you on a personal level and get the audience to know you a little bit better. So here are two options. We could play a rapid fire game, which is 10 questions, or break the ice up front. Which would you like? Let's go with break the ice. I'm feeling icy. (laughs) Woo! We're breaking the ice with Whitney Knight. (laughs) So the question is, I want you to share something crazy that you've done in your life or a fun and interesting fact about yourself. Well, I think I have something that covers both of those. So we're going to double down here. Um, Last weekend, a little bit unexpectedly, uh, my husband and I adopted a seven week old puppy. So we are new puppy parents. Nobody in our house is sleeping right now, but she's already brought us a lot of joy and we're just having a lot of fun um, going through that process. And it's just incredible, even just in the few days we've had her to see how she's growing and learning and changing. It's just so rewarding. What type of dog did y'all adopt? So she is a Weimaraner. We actually already have one Weimaraner who's 13, which is pretty old for a Wyme. Um, so we're excited to have a new baby in the house and she's actually the runt of her litter. So she'll grow up to be 65 or 70 pounds, but right now she's less than three pounds. And it's just like, it's like having a little chihuahua or something. She's just hilarious. Oh, wow. When you said that, I was like, oh, you can hold her in your hand. Exactly. You can hold her just in the palm of your hand. As soon as we walked up to the farm where she and her litter were, she ran up to meet us, crawled in my lap. So you can't say no to a dog like that. My husband looked at me. He knew he was like, oh, we're going home with this dog. (laughs) Oh, wow. But oh, my God, just to go from something as cute as the palm of your hand to you said up to 75 pounds. Yeah. So she will probably be like our current Weimaraner is about kitchen counter height. So if you think about that, a pretty tall, lanky dog. Um, and because she's kitchen counter height, it means she like helps herself to snacks, even though she's not supposed to. 
Oh my gosh, you're gonna have to like post a picture of your dog and or and send me like the 13 year old and then the little puppy so I could see because I haven't um heard of that breed yet. I grew up with like pit bulls because like my brother's friends would breed them. Oh, and I <laughs> yeah. And then I had a poodle Pekingese um in elementary school up until probably about um ending middle school, going into high school, and then it passed and I was like just devastated. I made my my dad give my dog mouth to mouth because I really wanted um his name was Gingy to live. And people are like, you're crazy about your dog. And after that, it was like I didn't want another dog unless it looked like Gingy. And the one that they did get me, they're like, You're a bad dog, mom. I was like, I didn't ask for this dog. It does not look like nothing like Gingy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think that's probably one of the hardest things is dealing with the loss of a dog because they just become a part of your family. And certainly after being at home with our dog for two years, like that has never been more true. Yes. And they, who, who loves you more than your dog and just the little things they do, they could sense when you're sick and just so many things. And they'll like, just come by your bed and like, kind of like, you know, put their paw on you. And we did handshakes and everything. I just love dogs and I wish I could have one right now, but the way that motherhood is kind of getting ready to form it, it would not be a good option in this household. Well, brace yourself. I will be sending you lots of puppy pics and you can live vicariously through us amazing now let's segue into what makes you an expert Whitney so I want you to lay the foundation and tell the audience about your personal story with transitioning careers because you have done a drastic transition and people are probably like what you went from what to what right just a little bit of whiplash So, um, you know, like a lot of people, like a lot of millennials, right, I graduated from college during the Great Recession. So I knew from a really young age that I was interested in marketing. I graduated with a degree in international business with the intent of going into marketing. Um, But that wasn't going to happen in 2009 and 2010. So I actually ended up working in finance for a little over four years. doing business valuations for public and privately traded companies, companies that were getting ready to IPO or go through M&A. So a completely different career path than what I had intended on doing. And I learned a lot um, throughout the portion, that portion of my career. But then after four years, I woke up one day and I said, what am I doing? This is not at all what I set out to do. It's not what I want to do for the next 30 or 40 years. Um, And I decided to make a change. And I will tell you, everyone in my life thought I was crazy, including my husband um, and including my then boss when I resigned. But I actually left that company, went to work for a full service branding and advertising agency um, and, you know, charted my career within branding from there. So that was a pretty big career pivot. Um, So I know what it's like to make that type of change. And then, of course, COVID happened. Um, And at the beginning of the pandemic, I was working for a global hospitality company. So you can imagine that's not a great place to be when the world shuts down. So um, I was furloughed and my husband happened to be furloughed at the same time, which creates a lot of uncertainty in a household. Um, But it also created a lot of opportunity for us to rethink our careers and what we wanted to be doing. So I actually left that company, went to work for a different group of franchise brands in the residential and commercial services space, 
um, managed a brand uh, with that group throughout the sale to a new private equity owner, which is something I'm really proud of, um, and then took the opportunity actually to go back to my former employer. Um, so a lot of changes in just you know a very short span of time, and I know you had some career changes throughout the pandemic as well, um, but I think the pandemic was such a great opportunity for all of us to reset and reassess what we were looking for out of our careers and out of our lives. Absolutely. And thank you for just sharing that because it is hard. And what made it harder was the pandemic because it's like you were either woken up or you really had to like pivot and begin to think of something else because I could res resonate with you um, coming from the hospitality industry because everything was shut down. My husband was an executive chef at the time and what's closed? Restaurants are closed. Like people are forced to stay in their house. So it's like, okay, he's not working. Then I found out I was getting laid off from oil and gas. So it was like, holy moly, what are we going to do? But then one thing that I, I tell people is like, you don't ever forget about the gifts and the talents that you have inside of you. You just need to begin to kind of take a step back and say, okay, out of these gifts and talents that I have and the skills, which ones can I monetize? And then how can I turn my passion into something that can be rewarding and get paid for it? Because there's so many incredible things that we're great at. But if you sit there like a bump on the log and say, oh, why me? Or, oh my gosh, and just wallow in it. You're not going to pick yourself back up. So I think the pandemic was a blessing in some sense and a curse in others, but how you saw things from the vantage point that you were looking at and got a perspective definitely set you up for success because a lot of people have pivoted from the pandemic. And then what's the new buzzword right now that came about? Oh, resilience, 100%, right? I mean, that's what we're all talking about, but you know, it's never been more important. And I think on top of that, something that people don't talk about as often as resilience is, you know, in our household now, we're fearless, right? The worst thing that could have happened to us, that happened to you as well, Genesis, losing both incomes and a dual income family at the same time, something you never think is going to happen in your life, it happened to us. Not only did we get through it, we came out of it better and stronger. So when you go through something like that, right, it just empowers you to pursue all kinds of opportunities and to think of your life in a really different way. Absolutely. And then just to also be mindful of not taking things for granted, but then also just being mindful of holding the power and taking ownership of your career and not allowing all your eggs to be in one basket where something does happen to you and then you don't have a backup plan. So I think that's a very good part point. And then let's talk about like networking, because how important was networking for you as you began to transition careers? Yeah. So, you know, on the back end of all of this, I really took time to reflect on it. And the only reason that I was able to successfully make those transitions throughout the pandemic and not just make them successfully, but to come out better throughout each and every one was because of the women that I knew in my life, women who supported me, women who sponsored me, women who referred me to jobs. They really enabled me to make those changes. So, you know, the importance of a network has never been stronger. Um, and after realizing that in my own life and how important that was, um, I decided to actually start an all-female networking group 
Um, so we're, we're, we're called ASK, A-S-K, um, and we're actually all about really changing the dynamics of networking. So if you think about, if you've ever been to a traditional networking event, there's a lot of small talk. Um, people always tell you, hey, don't ask for something, right? Get to know someone, start a relationship. Maybe after you get to know them, you could tell them kind of what you're looking for out of that relationship. Um, we cut right to the chase at our events. We really encourage every single woman who attends to be fully transparent with what she is looking for and what she needs to take the next step in her life, in her career, in her business. So that could be anything from a mentor. It could be sales leads. It could be, I'm looking for a new job. I'm looking for help negotiating my compensation, or I'm even looking to hire, or I'm looking for an intern. Um, we've had women ask for all of these things, and in most cases, successfully have those requests filled almost in real time. And I, I mean, that just tells you the power of getting a group of women in the same room. Absolutely, because united we stand and divided we fall. And I like the fact that you just get straight to the point and you cut out the fluff and the name ask, because I feel like women in general, sometimes we're afraid to ask for what we want or ask those questions because we feel like it's a sign of weakness. When in actuality, in my opinion, I think it's a sign of strength because whenever you're asking a question, it's so you can learn, so you can grow. So what was the inspiration behind the name Ask, and does it mean anything? Yeah, so I think it was really, as I realized, one of the things I wish I knew earlier in my career, right, was that you have to be your own advocate. Everything that you want in life, everything that you deserve, you're going to have to ask for every little thing. Um, and, you know, it took me a couple of years to really understand that. And I think that's probably true for many professionals and especially women, because that's not how we're taught in many cultures to be. Um, and so really thinking about, hey, what would it do if women were just empowered to be really transparent about what they were looking for um, and to make that ask, right? And, and that the ask can be anything. It can be something really big. It can be something really small. We had one member ask, hey, I'm going through a website redesign and I'm just looking for somebody to give me some feedback because I feel like I'm kind of stuck and I just, you know, don't know which direction I want to take this. So it can be something more tactical or something really big, like um, making a career change. Yes, I'm over here nodding because I'm like, yes, 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 a thousand percent. We need to encourage women to ask those questions, take ownership of their careers and really be bold and know what boundaries to set in place. You're setting boundaries for yourself, but then you also have to enforce the boundaries that you set. And I think that's a part of maintaining your mental health and stability. It's a part of commanding that respect that you deserve and really knowing who you are and what you want in life. Because sometimes I feel like women, depending on what industry you're in, you may be a minority, especially if you're in a male dominated field. And we know that women are not getting paid nearly as much as men in some industries. So don't even don't be afraid to really ask and negotiate your salary too. I think that's also important as you are transitioning careers is do the market analysis and research. Like, am I getting paid for what I'm worth? How am I adding value to this company? How am I being an asset versus a liability? There's so many different things that go involved 
that go into that. So with your organization ask, do y'all bring in subject matter expertise to do a TND training and delivery or to talk about various subjects to help um, women level up in their in the business um, sense? So right now, we actually really just do all of that organically um, and rely on other members of the group to support the other, their fellow members in that capacity, which has been really great. And I love what you said about like researching your salary and your compensation as you're looking to make those negotiations. This group has been so helpful in that because sometimes that can be a hard conversation, not just to broach with your employer, but to find out how much should I be being paid, right? A, a lot of social se social settings aren't going to lend themselves to having a conversation with someone like that. But when you're in a safe space that is really focused on that type of content, you can make those, those types of requests of other women and say, hey, how much are you making? What does your compensation package look like? How did you ask for it? What do your benefits look like? Did you get a signing bonus? Do you get tuition reimbursement? All of these things that sometimes are, you know, unturned stones for women um, and making sure that we're checking all of those boxes. So, you know, and it's also about even, you know, empowering ourselves to take our own advice, because I will tell other women that all day long. And yet I still need somebody to tell me that right to have my back when I have to have a difficult conversation or when I have to advocate for myself like that. Yes. And um, one other thing, as you were mentioning that I, I heard resilience, because you're resilient enough to share the information, but you're resilient enough to ask for feedback. And we have to be mindful that feedback is a gift. Um, you take what what applies to you and build upon it. And what doesn't apply, I tell people, just put it in your savings account. So when it comes time to make those withdrawals, you'll have that information there. But just thank the person that they cared enough to share something with you to help you, whether it was pers for personal development or professional development, because they didn't have to give you feedback. Absolutely. And I can't tell you how many times, I mean, there's nothing worse than when you ask someone for feedback and they say, uh, everything's fine. You did great. You did well, right? That's not helpful to anyone. So I always think that, you know, that is such an important thing to, um, to start to initiate conversations about. And then when the question comes to you, when somebody asks for your feedback, even if you're not prepared in the, in the moment and you say, Hey, I, I've got to take some time to think about this and gather my thoughts and get back to you. You take that request seriously and honor it so that you can help that person grow and develop. Absolutely. And one, one thing that I see um, that helps business, businesses thrive and organizations as a whole is whenever you introduce that 360 feedback, where the employee is giving feedback to the manager, but the manager is also giving feedback to that employee. Because the worst thing is when you get to that performance assessment time, and they keep telling you everything's fine, but then you look at your performance review and you're like, what? Like, why does my performance look like this when all the time you were saying this, everything is fine? And then I always say is like, after you have those weekly meetings or if they're bi-weekly, make sure you follow up with the email and say, based on our meeting, this is what I heard and this is what I wrote down. So that way you are tracking tracking it in case you, it gets time for that performance review and something is not in alignment. You could always go back to what you wrote down, black and white. And that's a part of being resilient because some people may say, oh, you're overstepping your boundaries when in actuality, you know, you just want to make sure that your CYA, CYA cover your A double S. 
Exactly. Oh my gosh. And Genesis, we should all be so lucky as to have managers and leaders like that. You know, very early on in my career, I was, let's say the victim of a bad performance review that was unexpected. And there's nothing worse than trying to, you know, piece together something like that and understand feedback that was completely, you know, unprecedented and unanticipated. And ultimately, as you age, you realize maybe that was more of a, even though you were early on in your career and you were learning and growing, that maybe that was more of a reflection on the manager and their managerial style or lack thereof than it was of you as a team member or an employee. So I, you know, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And then outside of resilience, the other buzzword I was alluding to earlier is the great resignation. So whenever we think about just um, transitioning and making those transformations in career changes, how does the great resignation impact that, Whitney, from your perspective and some of the women that are within your community? Well, you know, I think this is the perfect time. There's never been a better time to make a change, right? Employers are so hungry for talent right now. And really the sky is the limit. And, you know, I will say full, you know, full disclosure here, loyalty is worth nothing. So, you know, if you stay in a role for years and years and years, guess what? Your compensation is probably not keeping pace with today's current inflation. Um, so it is absolutely worth it to consider making a change if for no other reason than just to reassess your market value, right? And to bring that back to your employer and say, hey, I know that we're walking around giving everybody a 2% annual raise, but here's what I'm actually worth in today's terms. So this is a great opportunity for any professional to take the time, do a little bit of due diligence, right? And really roll up their sleeves and think about what opportunities are out there, even if it means staying in their current role. You know, my husband just, just negotiated um, some additional compensation to stay in his role. So I would never roll something like that out. It's always worth taking a couple hours to go through that process. And it never hurts to shop around, even though you may not necessarily want to jump ship. But one thing that I would say is if you're shopping around, don't let your current employer know because then they could try to easily squeeze you out of the door. Even though you don't plan to like leave, you just want to know, okay, what what is someone of my same degree, my background, and et cetera, being paid at other companies? That way you could see if... Um, your pay trajectory is increasing with the current company that you're at. And if not, okay, does it make sense for you to leave and go to another company? What is their culture like? What are the benefits like? Would you have workplace flexibility, especially if you are a new mother and you need some time off? Do they have a mother's room where you could actually pump and not go in the bathroom? Like, there's so many other factors that are involved with that that we need to be mindful of. And I think that it's fair game because back to your point, Whitney, employers are not loyal. So you have to do what's best for you and always be one step ahead of the game. And that's kind of what it's like in corporate America. It's like you're playing a game. It's like you either get in and fit in, but you don't want to be cutthroat and you don't want to be nasty, but you definitely want to make sure that you're positioning yourself for success. Because at the end of the day, the company and their shareholders, they're in, they're in business to make money. And that's what they're concerned about. And one thing that one of my friends told me, because we're both millennials, is a career now at a company is two years. And I was like, 
what? Because at my last employer, I was there for seven and a half and they kept saying, no, once you're vested, you jump ship and you follow the money. Like the saying says, where the money resides, where the money resides. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, so what are your thoughts around, around that, Whitney? Because sometimes people get complacent and they don't want to leave because they feel like, oh, if I go go to another company, the grass may not be greener or they don't know me or whatnot. But if you stay there, what are you losing? Right, exactly. It's all about that opportunity cost. And also I would say, you know, take a look around at your current employer and really think about the culture. If you have a healthy culture, they should welcome so-called boomerang employees, right? Which is what I am. I left for 18 months, I came back. And I came back having had exposure to an entirely new industry and having, you know, had a much broader role with broader responsibilities. So that was a great learning and development opportunity for me that I wouldn't have had internally there if I had stayed for 18 months. Um, So it was really to everyone's benefit that I took kind of almost a sabbatical. Clearly, it wasn't a break at all. (laughs) I worked my AWS off. But, you know, I would say look around at the culture of your current employer. If they have a healthy culture, they should welcome that kind of thing. See if there are any other employees that have done that type of transition, left and come back. That that shouldn't discourage you from leaving, but that should give you, you know, the confidence to leave knowing, hey, if I leave and this doesn't work out, I could come back, right? And maybe I even come back in a role that I'm more excited about or I'm re-energized in. Absolutely. And then I guess a point of returning back to your old employer is make sure that you were a great employer when you were there. So they want to rehire you because sometimes whenever you leave a company, they ask you to do an exit interview and they'll act, they'll put, okay, is this person, um, acceptable for rehire and HR will put either yes or no. So you definitely don't want to burn bridges. So you want to make sure that you position yourself in a way that, okay, if you do fall on hard times, you can go back to that employer because your work speaks for itself. And then another thing to do is if you want to stay with the same employer, but maybe you're bored with the role that you're doing, Find those stretch opportunities or those extracurricular opportunities throughout the company where you could get your base job done, but you could take on an extra workload. Like what nonprofits are they partnered with? And are there volunteer days where you could actually get outside of your working, you know, get paid to volunteer within the community? Because then you get to meet other people from other departments and that's networking internally, but outside of the quote unquote office setting. So you could um, network on a personal as well as a professional level. So it's a, a double win there. Also be willing to ask um, ask other people, hey, I see that you're doing X, Y, and Z. I'm interested in learning about that. Do you mind if I shadow you for a day or whatnot? And if people see that you're hungry and they see the tenacity, they're going to want to help you. And another thing that women have to be mindful of is knowing um, who's an advocate who's a sponsor and finding that mentor. So whenever there's an opportunity, they can mention your names in rooms that you wouldn't have been invited to. And I loved what you said about, you know, networking, using those stretch opportunities and volunteer opportunities to grow your network. Because also, you know, if you do make the decision to to leave your employer, make sure that you maintain those relationships. That is an incredibly valuable network. And because I left and I came back, I actually, you know, doubled the size of my network, right? Because I was at two companies 
in a very short period of time in a very chaotic time in history, right? Where there was a lot of turnover. But the upside of all of that was that I got to work with a lot of tremendously talented people and vendors um, and was really able to grow my network. So make sure you maintain those relationships, stay in touch with people, reach out to them, you know, grab coffee, grab a virtual lunch with them, whatever it takes to keep a foot in the door. Absolutely. And then another tip I'll say before we jump into the call to action is, Always nurture your alumni relationships because I know some of the people that I went to college with during the pandemic, everyone was networking. And because I maintained that rapport and relationships, they were pitching out, hey, this company over here is hired or et cetera. Or some of the some of you who are maybe in a sorority or um, fraternity, the sisterhood, the brotherhood, a lot of people find their jobs through that because it's not always about what you know. Sometimes it's about who you know to get your foot in the door and then the rest is on you to climb that ladder. Yeah, 85% of jobs are actually filled through networking. So that is entirely true. Amazing. So Whitney, let's jump into the call to action segment. Once the audience hears the knowledge that you brought to the platform today, what do you want them to do? Absolutely. Well, you know, I would love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me on linkedin.com slash Whitney Knight branding. That's Knight with a K. Or if you're interested in learning more about our women's networking group, you can follow us on Instagram. We are Ask Memphis. So we are currently, our in-person events are based in Memphis, but we have a ton of virtual content um, that is there for you no matter where you're based. We would love to have you along for the ride. And lastly, I would encourage you, ask for what you want, what you need, and what you deserve. Nobody else is going to do it for you, but you will be amazed what happens when you actually make that ask. Absolutely. And as the young folks say, closed mouths don't get fed. So (laughs) open your mouth and ask for what you want. And then always go in there with knowing how you are going to position yourself by adding value, because you also want to show the value that you're going to bring along with the ask. So Whitney, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your knowledge and insight and wisdom Listeners and viewers, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40-plus platforms. Also, thank each one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in on a consistent basis to support my guests as well as myself. Because of you, we are now ranked in the top 2.5% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. So until we chat next time, plug in with the guests, plug in with myself, shoot your shot, ask those questions, and let's build a community where we could really create those effective synergies. You could also see our videos on YouTube by typing in at gems with Genesis Amars Kemp. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, 
Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on Gems Podcast.